Well, good morning. Welcome to chapel. Welcome to the first chapel in October. You guys made it through the first semester. First month, I should say, not first semester. A couple announcements for us as we begin our time together. Um, If you're looking for some activities to do this weekend, even despite the rain, there's going to be a couple outdoor activities. There's a local church here in Quincy called the River Church, and they're putting on a 5K um, here in Quincy, and it's to raise awareness about the issues of human trafficking. Um, Also on Sunday, there's a group of students who will be joining the um, Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. There will be a bus leaving here about 8 o'clock, so if you're looking for ways to do some fun activities this weekend. There's a couple opportunities for you. Also, we have our discipleship group starting up this week, so check your mailboxes if you're looking for ways to get involved, um, to journey with a small group. Um, Those are led by staff and faculty and even students, Um, so check your mailboxes for more specific information on that. And as we um, prepare for just our time together in worship this morning, we also want to remember... Oregon Community College. There was a shooting at their school um, just recently, too. So let's keep them in mind as we um, just enter into prayer this morning. Let's pray together. God, we once again, Lord, just are humbled and honored to come before your presence this morning. And um, we come together with thankful hearts, God. And um, Lord, we're just so mindful that you are at work within this community, um, within our own hearts and lives. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just bless our time together as a community as we um, seek to worship you. And um, we also pray for the community at um, Oregon Community College, God. May you be with them as they're grieving um, this morning and in the coming weeks and months, God. May you um, be their comfort and strength during this season. It's in your name we pray. I also want to quickly introduce our chapel speaker for this morning. We have with us Reverend Dr. Ernest Peets. He's been a pastor of New Life Church of the Nazarene in Bermuda since 1999. He is a graduate of Nazarene Theological Seminary, receiving a Master of Divinity, as well as Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary with a Doctor of Ministry in Marriage and Family Counseling. In addition to his work in the church, Reverend Peets has also worked extensively in the field of counseling, social services, and addiction recovery. Ernest has been married for 16 years to his wife, Julie, and is a proud father of four children. Would you join me in welcoming him this morning? Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for the introduction. Also, thank you to the Spiritual Development uh, Office uh, for the invitation. It indeed is a pleasure uh, to be here. That worship experience was awesome. I actually would prefer to sit and sing some more. But uh, I've been asked today to uh, speak uh, in chapel, and of which I, I want to fulfill that particular obligation. I have some good news for you. I'm in the mood to preach. The class is canceled on to lunch. Really, the good news is that uh, you guys are in a wonderful institution uh, who cares about your spiritual growth and your spiritual development. And I can tell by the spirit that's on this campus that there is a spirit of anticipation. There's a a spirit of awakening. There's a lot of wonderful things that are happening uh, today. I I don't want to share with you any answers. Uh, I don't want to stand here this morning as some type of resident expert, like I I have all the answers. Actually, what I want to do this morning actually is to provoke some questions. I firmly believe in my heart that where you are in your life today, that you are making choices. 
uh, which is the title of this morning's message. It's found out of a text in the Gospel of Matthew. If you have a Bible, I, I certainly invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 21, starting at verse number 28. I'll give you a second to find it if you would like to read it in your translation. It starts reading in the NIV. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and he said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. Verse 29. I will not, he answered. But later the son changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to another son and he said the same thing. And the second son, he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. And then Jesus asks us the question of those who are listening. Which of the two did the father, did what the father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness. And you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. We all have choices to make. And we're faced with choices every single day. Some of those choices are easy and seemingly unimportant. But other choices that we're making can be a bit difficult. And the implications can be quite serious. And I would imagine that where you find yourself today as a student matriculating through this particular institution. That every day you're faced with choices. Some of those choices are quite benign. Some of those choices are quite uh, uninteresting. But there are some choices that are quite serious. I also believe that wherever you are today, that God is speaking to you. You wouldn't be here at this institution if that not be the case. The parables of Jesus are, 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 are to me, at least in my opinion, they're like uh, 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 gifts that are wrapped. And, and the packaging of the story can sometimes be a bit distracting. Or sometimes the packaging of the story can be a bit captivating. But it is not until we begin to open up the package that the gift inside of the parable remains unseen. And therefore, just for a few minutes, I just want to see if we can open up the parable just a little bit. I do understand that whenever we're preaching and talking from one of the parables, that, that a parable can be interpreted many ways. So I'm not here to propose that the way that I'm speaking and looking at this particular parable, that's the only way to see it. But Jesus is teaching during uh, the last week that he is in Jerusalem. And at this point in the book of Matthew, if you understand the progression of the story, the, the triumphal entry has already happened. The cleansing of the temple has already occurred. And his actions, including this parable, focuses on the choice we all have to make, either to accept him or reject him. And nothing's changed. In over 2,000 years, every day we are in chapel, every day I'm in Bible study or in prayer or, or in Sunday school or in church. There's always an opportunity for God to speak and for me to respond and, and, and to make a choice. What's interesting about the parable is that there are two sons. And every time we're talking about the Bible, it's always important to try to figure out, well, where are we in the story? To make it a little easy for you, I may share a little bit about myself as it relates to how I see myself in this story. The first son 
The Bible says that Jesus went up, sorry, total story, and, and the father went to a son and he asked the son to go and work in the vineyard, go work in the kingdom. And that son said no, but eventually he said yes. That reminds me of myself. It reminds me of a truth that I, I, I've come to realize, in not only in my own life, but maybe in your life as well. That there are some people who, who hear God's call. And, and initially the answer is no. But as life begins to unfold, as you begin to experience life, as God's grace begins to pour out over the months and years later, the answer of no eventually turns to yes. My story goes all the way back to 1988. The president then of Eastern Nazarene College was a man by the name of Kent Hill. He had come down to Bermuda and I was just graduating from high school and, and I met with the pastor and I met with, with President Kent Hill and an invitation was given to me to attend Eastern Nazarene College and my answer at that particular time was what? Was no. I said, no, I'm not interested in going to Eastern Nazarene College. I'm not even interested in going to a Christian college. That is not the way for me. It, that, did, that, that did not mean that God was not speaking to me. But I said no. Maybe that's the story of some of us. We heard the invitation, but at first our answer was no. And for a while we begin to live life in our own way, on our own terms. But then at some point in life, life begins to change for us and, and, and life begins to take on a whole new meaning. And then we come full circle. And once again, we're confronted with the invitation. And then our answer becomes, yes, we surrender to the master. We understand the implication of our choice. And we move forward. What a testimony of grace. I wonder what Cantil will think about if I had a chance to have coffee with him this afternoon to let him know, hey, listen, eventually I did say yes. It may have been a long path. It may have been a difficult and rough path, but eventually the answer was yes. But that wasn't the only son. There was another son in the parable. The master goes to the second son and says, son, will you go And the Bible says that in the parable, the son said, yes, he will. But then he didn't. This is another group of individuals who may be difficult to identify, but they're easy to describe. Their answer when the call comes is is yes. And probably it's a resounding proud yes. And everybody would have expected them to say yes. And initially their commitment was strong. and, And it looked like they were going to be the son that the father had wanted. The father says, listen, I I want you to go and work in the vineyard. That tells me that if I'm going to be an employee of the master, I I need to have the right uniform. I need to have the right training and I I need to have the right tools. And and I would imagine when the son said yes, that he was issued his uniform. He was he was engaging in training. He he finally got his tools. And but when it came time to do the work in the kingdom, he did not go. That was unexpected. What's strange, if, if I was the father, if I was the employee, I, I, I gave you the invitation, I, I, I gave you the uniform, I, I gave you the training, I, I gave you the tools, I, I gave you the opportunity to work in the vineyard, but you didn't go, but you never came back, you never returned the tools. 
You never came back and said, listen, I, I changed my mind. I would like to return my tools. Maybe you can recycle them so someone else can use them. The sun just did not go. I thought long and hard about this particular parable. And I would suggest, at least in my own mind, neither son in the story brought, father, sorry, brought joy to the father. Both, in some instance, were unsatisfactory. But one of them obeyed in the end, and he received the master's blessing. I would have hoped that if I was, would have been one of those sons, that my, my answer initially when the call came would have been yes. And I would have stuck to that commitment, and I would have received the uniform. I would have engaged in the training, and I would have kept my commitment, and I would have been the, that type of son. But that wasn't my story. I, I said no. But eventually, I said yes. You see, there are times when God speaks. He says, go, and we don't. He says, do something, and, and, we, and we refuse to obey. There are times when, when, when God speaks to us, we, we, we delay, and, and, and we, we fuss, and we fume, and, and, and we are unprepared to actually make the choice. But eventually, we surrender, and eventually, God's will pervades us, and we engage in the work that God will have us to do. You are here today because I believe you chose a Christian college, particularly Eastern Nazarene College, for a reason. One day you're going to get dressed. One day you're going to have your tools and your training. And one day you're going to have your assignment. The real question is, are you going to have an excuse not to go? But there's another group in the parable. They don't really get a lot of attention. After he tells the little story about the first son and the second son. Jesus begins to talk about a third group of individuals. They're not sons. He, he called them tax collectors and harlots and prostitutes, which was the proverbial phrase for moral reprobates. These were the, the people that we didn't talk about, the people that we thought were outside of the grace of God. Jesus says that these sons are entering to the kingdom before you. Before who? Before the sons. In my travels, I've come across a lot of interesting people from all walks of life. And some of them have told me, hey, Dr. Peace, there, there, there are many roads to heaven. But I'm here to proclaim the gospel. We're here to share the gospel. In my opinion, there are probably two great lies that have pervaded our culture. They're, they're deeply entrenched. The first is in two parts. The first lie has two parts. The first part of the lie is not Christ. Some other way. The, the, the other lie is, well, not now. You don't have to make a decision today. There are also two bad assumptions that are deeply rooted in a culture as well. And, and, and the first, like, like before, it's in two parts. It's, I'm not that bad. But what's worse is, I don't think I'm good enough. Both assumptions are difficult to eradicate uh, the, the one that I'm, I'm not that bad suggests that, uh, that, that there's nothing about me that needs to change, that, that I, I'm okay that the way that I am. 
The, the, the other is just as bad. It's, it's I'm not good enough. I, I've, I've lived a life and in such a way. I've made choices in, in such a way that, that, that the choices that I've made in life that I've lived, it, it, it disqualifies me. It, it makes me not good enough. And therefore, I have an excuse not to go. I'm so bad that God can't save me. If God can, can work in the life of a man like me who heard the call of God and said no. And, and to, to borrow the metaphor from the prodigal son, give me my riches today. I, I want to go and live life my own way and, I, and go out into the world and, and to do worldly things and to engage in, in, in the activities of the world only to find out that that, that particular plan that, that, that the devil has for us only leads us into a pig's pit. Only to wake up one day that to say to oneself that there is a loving God and I can return. We have a choice this morning, every morning. Do we want the ritualistic religion of yesterday or do we want the fellowship of a risen Savior today? I once came across a quote I'll share with you this morning. A person can't directly choose his or her circumstance. But he or her can choose his thoughts or her thoughts so that indirectly yet surely shape their own circumstance. There there, there was a book that I haven't quite read all the way through, but uh, there's a a lady by the name of Penn Golden. She she writes uh, in one of her books, Choose the Happiness Heaven. Take the story of two brothers, they're twins. One of those twins grows up to be an alcoholic and had the lifestyle of an alcoholic. We all know what that looks like. The other twin, the other son, he becomes an extremely successful businessman, pro-social, morally uh, convicted as it relates to his values and, and, and living good. When the alcoholic finds himself in counseling and therapy, the question is put to him, Why is it that you became a drunk? And he replied, my father was a bum. My father was a drunk. And that's the reason why I became a drunk. And one day someone decided to interview the other son who became a successful businessman. He says, listen, what what, what spurred you to to, to live the life and to acquire the dreams that you're acquiring to live in today? He says, it's because my father was a drunk and a bum. These two boys had... The same circumstance, the same parents, the same background, the same upbringing, the difference between them were their choices. I can declare today I've made my choice. And I believe that you have too. Going forward, as you matriculate through your your time here in ENC, as life begins to unfold, you're going to have many more choices to make. Many more crossroads are going to come your way. And each of those crossroads, each of those questions and and choices are going to represent a different choice and a different decision as it relates to how your life is going to begin to unfold. You've made one of the most significant choices already. You've decided to come to Eastern Nazarene College. And I've had an opportunity for the last few days to sit down with some of you and, and to meet with some of the faculty. And I'm convinced, beyond being convinced, That the choice that you've made today to be here is one of the best choices you've ever made in your young life. That there are people here who care about you. There are are faculty here who want to dress you, give you the tools you need because the world out there needs you. I didn't expect 
worship to be as awesome as it was today, I have to change my definition of good. That was better than good. And if these young folk can worship this way, then the church is in good standing and the world needs to watch out. As you begin to, to, to work through the questions that you are, are being faced with as God begins to speak to your life. Be it said and be it known today that it, it, it's, it's, it's been a history of us to sometimes say no, but eventually that no turns into a yes. It's also been our history to say yes and never go. It's hard to tell where your choices are going to ultimately lead you. So I'll leave you with a little bit of advice from someone who's made good choices and someone who's also learned from some bad choices. What I've come to understand about Matthew chapter 21, particularly this particular parable, is that God may be more concerned about how I make my decision more than about the decision itself. So if a choice is before you today. If God, and I believe God is, if he's speaking to you today, if you're feeling somewhat anxious, if you're feeling somewhat worried, if you're feeling somewhat unsure about what choice to make, sometimes it's about a job, sometimes it's about a relationship, sometimes it's about this or that, I, I, I don't know. But if God is speaking to you about a choice, Here's the advice that I will give you after 15, 16, maybe 18, 20 years of ministry and, and, and have made mistakes and have recovered from those mistakes and have avoided mistakes because I've taken great advice. Here's the advice that I'll give you. In my experience, in my experience, the, the decision that you make that moves you closer to God or the decision you make that causes your faith to grow is usually the better choice. Sometimes the better choice is the hard choice. Sometimes the better choice is to take the, the high road. Sometimes the better choice is to trust God. Sometimes the better choice requires you to move forward in faith without having all of the answers before you decide. Decisions, 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 choices and choices and choices. Decisions and choices affect your destiny. You can make a decision today that can change your future in ways that you cannot begin to imagine. How would I can, how can I figure out, and I was thinking about that this morning as I was at the Holiday Inn Express in Brockton. If I would have said yes in 1998, how would my life be different? What, what tragedies perhaps I, 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 I could have Avoided. And I'm not saying that I, I regret the life that I've lived because I have to understand that the life that I've lived has brought me to this point. But I wonder. I wonder if I, what my life will be like if in my office there was hanging a degree that said Eastern Nazarene College. If you have a decision that you have to make, if there's a choice that is facing you today, I have some good news. The Bible says in Revelation 3 and 20, behold, I stand at the door and what? And knock. And if you open up that door, God will sit with you for as long as he needs to sit with you. 
God will talk with you. You can meditate and pray with God for as long as it takes to make the decision. That's good news. The God that we serve is willing to sit with us. As we begin to contemplate the choice that we're making. When the call of God came to my life in 1994. The final decision to answer that took almost three years to make. Took almost three years for me to finally say yes. Lord yes. To your will and to your way. And when that yes came and when that surrender came. Man, did the miracles of God begin to show up. Then I began to learn that when God gives vision, God also gives provision. I don't always have to have the answer to everything before I decide to say yes. So if you're facing a choice this morning, of which I think we all are, remember, behold, I stand at the door and not God is always here. But also you have your community of faith. You have men and women here, your peers here, faculty here, staff here. The church is here to sit with you and to sit with you and God as you begin to answer the call as it relates to the decision that God has laid before you today. I need you to think about that today. I need you to think long and hard about that. And perhaps even right now, one of two of you may may be ready to say yes. There might be somebody here this morning who has said no. And now that no is slowly turning into a yes. If that be the case, then God is here. Your school is here. Your church is here. Let us pray. Father God, is our desire this morning. To make a decision to follow Jesus. And God, as we look back over the course of our life, there have been times when you have spoken to us and we have said yes and we did not go. There are things that you've asked us to do that we have left undone. There are places that you have asked us to go and we have not went. But also, God, we have experienced this morning where you have called us. That clarion and very clear call has come. And in our own way, we've said no. We may not have said no with our lips, but we have said no with our choices. But God, because of your grace, you're able to weave us through the circumstances of life to bring us back full circle. So God, we pray. If there's someone here this morning who you're speaking to, who once at some point in time said no, God, you know that they're ready to say yes. So God, as they speak that word, yes, as they begin to surrender this morning, God, we pray that you will surround them with men and women who they can be accountable with, men and women that they can trust. That they too, Lord, as they have heard the call to work in the kingdom, in the vineyard, That they will be assigned their uniform. That they will receive their training. And they will receive their tools. To go into the kingdom of God. And work. And the church and the world will be better for it. Father God we thank you for all of this. In Jesus most precious name. Let all God's people say. Amen. Amen. Well God bless you. Thank you so much.
I invite you to stand at this time as we uh, dismiss ourselves. As we receive the benediction. Father God, we thank you so much for what our ears have heard. But more importantly, what our heart has experienced. God, we pledge today to say yes when you call. And God, we believe that as we say yes, you will give us the gifts that we need to fulfill your work. God, we pray that you will bless this fellowship, both now and forevermore. We ask this in Jesus' name. Let us all say amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great weekend.